we um should probably talk about whether or not we feel comfortable and i and i understand you not feeling comfortable travis because it's a sensitive subject but uh boba fett ship is a uh is a <laughs> what, what what do they keep calling it in this the uh, the they keep calling it uh a nissan Sentra, pretty much and like they're just going by the, the brand instead of its actual name they don't they only refer to it once but it's the fire spray Yes. Uh, now, now we we know that its actual name, and and I'll beep this out if it makes it to air. But this is rather offensive, <laughs> even though there are literally slaves on Tatooine, and they have no problem with saying the word "slave" yeah, constantly yeah. in Star Wars. Constantly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Neboidians and Toydarians of all ages, welcome to The Fet and the Furious, a show where fellow like-minded fans have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the galaxy far, far away. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow Rancor trainer, Travis, to dig into the Book of Boba Fett's fourth chapter, The Gathering Storm. Few phrases uttered on the silver screen are more iconic than scum and villainy. And for decades, the impression was that there were no other locations in the beloved galaxy far, far away filled with more said scum and villainy than the desert wasteland planet of Tatooine. Dismal, treacherous creatures lurked under the heat of the twin suns, vagrants, vagabonds, hunters, killers, rampant, and lawless. And now a crime boss has emerged from the bowels of the dreaded Sarlacc pit to rule over the Dune Sea. And while his exterior burns may have healed, it's the ones on the inside that are much, much harder to mend. Ladies and gentlemen, Lucasfilm and Disney present the book of Beta Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Who could have guessed he'd be such a wussy when we get to know more about him? <laughs> I'm amazed he's not keeping a journal of his thoughts and feelings. It's uh, it's amazing. This is it's going to sound like a very right wing podcast for a little bit, I'm, and I don't want it to. Like we don't just like the fucking the woke characters, whatever. It's just I just wish Boba Fett was doing cool stuff instead of. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. nothing. Instead of doing nothing, and... I mean, like, I complained last week so much about the bike gang, but I have a theory that the only reason they exist is so that Boba Fett isn't the lamest hero on the squad. <laughs> it is pretty funny. And, like, yeah, it does sound... We're, we're leaning a bit into the bashing of this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and these kinds of leanings and things like that. And... You know, last week's episode with the bike gang felt like the kind of pinnacle of how wimpy it could get. But mm -hmm. I had to bring up because, you know, we know that he's been in this Bakta tank healing 
the burns from the Sarlacc pit acids and all that stuff but then this episode they like go out of their way <laughs> to literally say i still have to be in there because my my heart still hurts <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i didn't think of it that way i just thought i just jumping way ahead but at one point they specifically say that you, your wounds are completely healed even though you still have the face start but whatever and i just take it as that's the end of the flashback storyline We'll see if sure. I'm right, but yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the the flashback storyline, it's funny because I thought all of it was ramping up to one of two things. And one of them was uh, the Pike uh, yeah. syndicate basically becoming like this villainous thing from Boba's past, right? Mm-hmm. Because last week we find out that the Pikes have infiltrated Tatooine and they're up to no good. And the mayor is in, in <laughs> leagues with these treacherous fish people who seem pretty chill even though they're drug dealers they didn't seem that bad um but no that didn't have really any resolution other than yeah he knows who they are because it was you know part of his flashbacks but he had no real beef with these people he had beef with the speed bike gang that killed the tuscans and the other thing i thought this was going to be leading up to the flashbacks rather were the sand people becoming like part of the Tatooine like culture and it like oh, at least being... this particular tribe. I thought they were going to become muscle for Boba Fett down the line since he's supposed to be a crime lord. But I have I have real reservations about or just just I'm disgruntled at him being labeled to that. I don't think that's an apt uh, description of what he is at all. Uh, he seems to be very anti crime, to be completely honest. it's uh it seems like he wants to say no to drugs and no to crime like for a crime boss you're feeling more like a cop boba fett you feel more like a cop than a crime boss um which is really strange really strange for a guy who used to take money to kill people um he's he's definitely resolved that he's killed a lot less people now (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even uh, kill the Sarlacc. He, oh, he didn't no. even kill I, the droids. Gonna, we're going to talk about it. It's, it's it's Thank God he has a partner that's willing to do cool stuff. Uh, and... Yeah. And again, like we we've been leaning into the more jokey, like I call them beta fed and and the yeah, the wokeness. Yeah, yeah. And it's... and before we went on the air, we were joking about how they keep saying the class of starship he has rather than the names, <laughs> because that has been officially canceled. And anyone who says it is canceled and whatever, you know. Uh, we pulled up a Breitbart article about how it was trash. Like it's it's nonsense. It's so silly. It's also silly. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm sure that they don't want to call. One on in the show or whatever. I don't really care. Like it's a cool looking ship. <laughs> I don't know that it's ever been called on in any of the movies. Uh, I know that I assume that was just like the toy and it's just the toy man. universe. Yeah, yeah. But but again, like you know, we're not sincerely upset about any of this stuff, and we're just leaning into it for comedic reasons because it is funny because these these yeah, people yeah, actually exist. These people actually exist, Travis, and they probably, and you know who you are, the fact that Boba Fett's partner is a woman of color (laughs) probably makes this whole thing, like, so much worse, you know? It's so fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. 
an issue for them, I am sure. Uh, she's the best thing about the show at this point. She is by far the best thing other than the creature design and the props and things along those lines, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I'll give you that. But, yeah. but Travis, the flashback bits didn't ramp up to anything other than stuff that we already knew happened. Yeah, yeah. Like before we earlier today, I, I messaged you talking about how I wasn't expecting them to devote so much of this episode to stuff we already know the end result of. I I, I didn't I seeing Fennec and how she meets Boba Fett and how she gets saved and everything. That is something we probably should see. I wasn't expecting it to take 30 minutes of 45-minute <laughs> runtime. Uh, I mean, and we still haven't really seen uh, them do the final infiltration of Javis Palace. We just saw them steal the <laughs> and then leave. You know what the rescue of Fennec Chan sounds like to me, by the way, Travis? It sounds like something a comic book should tell and not, not this huge yeah, production. Yeah, we already know how it's going to end up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, uh, Boba Fett, for a character who is known mostly for his aesthetic and his vibes and his looks, does an awful lot of talky, 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 which mm-hmm. you told me today. We both got to saw the article at the same time and you sent it to me. We realized Tamara Morrison, who we have a lot more respect now after reading this interview, told John Favreau that he doesn't want Boba Fett to talk so much. I don't know if it's because he just kind of wants to be lazy and wear the helmet more and just like not have to actually well, act. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy that he wants him to talk to us, but I'm I gotta know his stance on the helmet. Like, yeah. His character in this episode even says he's more persuasive in his armor. But he just keeps <laughs> taking the fucking thing off. So it's inconsistent i guess maybe just the body armor you can get shot in the head that's fine yeah it's it's funny that that the fabs is involved with this character so much because favreau is a quippy screenwriter and that's like what he does improv and quippy you know iron man Mm -hmm. elf you know all of these things boba does make a funny later i guess (laughs) and he laughs like master splinter So Alicia's yeah, exactly. is in the corner, like, it is one thousand percent. I was trying to think of if that was could be construed as a reference to anything but Ninja Turtles, but yeah, yeah. When I when I was a little kid and I saw The Secret of the Ooze, first off, when I saw The Secret of the Ooze in the movie theaters, at that point in my life, that was the most exciting moment of my entire childhood up until that point. And I remember <laughs> saying that, I vividly have a memory of me saying that out loud in the parking lot of the movie theater and telling my dad, this is the most exciting moment of my life. And him, you know, my father, not the greatest guy was like that is crazy and you're i wish you were my son because <laughs> that was the first of many like <laughs> i'm gonna disown you someday <laughs> uh, 
we since recently rekindled our uh, relationship, which is very nice. But um, oh, yeah. and and he has accepted uh, that his son is a child. Love for the <laughs> yeah, loves uh, uh, vanilla ice. Have you, have you told him about the link between uh, Daredevil and the Ninja Turtles? And yeah, I, yeah. I've tried to well, explain sure it to him. I've tried to explain yeah, yeah. it to him. I've spelt out T U R T L E for him multiple times. Uh, he doesn't understand the power of that phrase up until um maybe maybe christmas i'll save it or his birthday or something like that um and hopefully covid will still be an excuse so i won't have to show up for either of those like i did this Uh. year (laughs) i have to like take a tally of who i've said i can't i just got the vaccine and i'm not feeling well (laughs) because i I don't want them to be like you told me that last time i'm like oh i meant booster this time So there's only so many times I can use that excuse. Um, what I do remember... I mean, you're lucky. I can't use that excuse. I live in the South where we don't believe in science or oh, medicine. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what you call magic, we call science, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. I made a funny, uh, Travis. I made a funny. You did. I you did. did. Um, the Fabs so far has written all four of these episodes. Rodriguez directed the first episode and the third episode. This episode, mm-hmm. did you note who directed it, Travis? I did look it up, and I want to say I've seen something else from them, but I don't recall the name. Kevin something, maybe? Kevin Tancharion or something. I can't pronounce his last name. He was a gentleman who was made famous by directing a bunch of YouTube shorts called Mortal Kombat oh, Legacy. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did see those. Yeah, yes. and then he directed the um, infamous dud of the Mortal Kombat HBO Max movie that came out earlier this year. Um, oh, I didn't know he directed that too. That, he did. Yeah. Remember when they decided to have the main character of the new Mortal Kombat movie be some dude named like Chad or something like that? Uh, they wanted it to be like an original character and not something from the games. Which and not Johnny Cage or Luke Cage or, or yeah, Luke yeah. or anyone that I mean, knows. there aren't enough like bland uh, everyman types <laughs> that you could have used. It would have been Strider, uh, right? Or or, yes. or new oh, okay. Zybot. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah yeah. They could have had a tournament too. That would have been interesting. Sure, sure. This guy's probably so hopped up on like Mountain Dew. You know what I mean? Like anytime mm-hmm. I think of people who are like way into Mortal Kombat, I think of uh, <laughs> the same people who picked up like the new issues of Spawn this week. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, possibly drinking Fago somewhere or something. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it is 100% okay to enjoy Mortal Kombat. I just want to say, if, you, if you're familiar with the lore of the game, now that. That's where it gets. <laughs> the lore is a rabbit hole of rabbit yeah, holes. Yeah. Like I enjoy Mortal Kombat sometimes. Yeah, no, I do too. And like during COVID, like when we were all stuck at home and like I was working remotely and, you know, people were scared to leave their houses up where we are on Long Island in New York. And we weren't even like allowed into stores at one point. You got into like really weird YouTube rabbit holes, or at least I did at that <laughs> point. And there would just be like days where it's like, I haven't slept or left my house or changed my socks, but I've watched 14 hours of like the entire cutscene history of every single Mortal Kombat, you know? Yeah. And and I really familiarized myself with the entire mythos. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm a better person for it, but I... Um, <laughs> I learned a lot about uh, nothing, basically, and it's a very 
Well, it's extreme. It's extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very nineties, even though it it has probably progressed from there a little bit. But did were you a uh, Street Fighter or a Mortal Kombat guy? Oh, um, that's tough. I I would I'd say Mortal Kombat. Um, Me too. Me too. Yeah, I played Street Fighter two a lot, but the various editions of that. But after that, I didn't play any of them. Yeah, uh, my, my I was more of a King of Fighters SNK. I was about player. to say you probably are about to say some like <laughs> yeah, 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 like was Fatal Fury or Primal Rage or something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Fatal Fury SNK too. Some of those guys pop up in King of Fighters. So. Sure, sure, sure. You got me. You know me well. Yeah, I, I do know you well. The niche thing. Yeah, uh, I am difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I I live on the fringes of society. I, do. I don't know, I know, I know. for much every aspect. I know the um the the like. Are you a Street Fighter or, or a Mortal Kombat guy? Was like a big thing growing up, and it kind of like <laughs> made or broke some friendships. You know what I mean? And I was definitely more of a Mortal Kombat guy. I was like a Sega Genesis guy and not a Super Nintendo guy too. Um, so obviously I gravitated more towards Mortal Kombat, but in hindsight, I kind of admire Street Fighter more for the like 2D hand-drawn graphics and things along those lines. Yeah. 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 yeah I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. My housemate plays a shitload of the new Street Fighter, like on the computer and on PlayStation. He's like super competitive with it. And it is fun to like zone out and just like watch somebody who's like really good at it. You know, Uh, he's played as only Ryu for like two years because he just wants to like master one character. And it's pretty fucking sick. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Um but do you know about okay before we get into everything do you know about the star wars fighting game oh uh masters of terrace Kelsey. yes that is a- oh well there's actually two of them technically uh the episode three revenge of the sith game has a fighting mini game which is actually pretty good I'm talking about Masters of Terracasi, which was a wild game. And it was the first because like back in the day, we used to get more than one Star Wars game a year or every two years. We yeah, yeah. To- I, I do think that you're trying to call my bluff on playing old PC and like PSX games and stuff. Well, I mean, we went into it when I think it was the first uh, Fet and the Furious yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was a huge like Kyle Katan fan. So like I, I read mm-hmm. the Dark Forces books and obviously uh shadows of the empire was a big game i didn't have a nintendo 64 that was just a big thing in general uh, yeah shadows of the empire. yeah uh, like that christmas when you got like that and turok i think those were like the two, <laughs> the two <laughs> games that came out that well, christmas like with shadows of the empire it was just it being a cross uh media uh and push sure by star wars sure in between uh trilogies pretty much yeah I want to say it came out before the prequels, right? It came out before the prequels while the special editions were being released. The first Christmas that N64 was around and there was an action figure line and there was the book series and there was a really good comic book series involved with it. And it told the story between Empire and Jedi, you know, and like took place simultaneously as Empire and (laughs) Jedi. So like you got to play in the battle for Hoth and it was really fucking slick um but the <laughs> star wars master of terracase was the first lucasfilm uh industrial light magic game made for the og playstation back in 97 and it introduced the new 
um, you know, iconic character of Arden Lynn. Um, and I just remember it being so annoying because there oh, was yeah, like the ring yeah. outs. Do you remember like playing as Boba Fett and you would jump too high and just fall out the ring and be like, fuck, you know no, what I mean? But no, but ring outs in general make me think of the battle arena to Shinden. Uh, I want to say that's the one It may be for, for one of the two mm-hmm. or maybe both. But yeah, yeah, you could play as iconic characters such as uh, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, Boba Fett, a stormtrooper. Uh, you could also <laughs> play as Princess Leia in a bikini if you knew a code. Oh, oh yeah. But then there was a cl- no Mara Jade in there. I was about to say there's Mara Jade. There's also a Tuscan Raider named Whore. Um, <laughs> I, my mic peaked there when I said Whore. And uh, and a Gamorrean guard named Thok. Um, And Luke Skywalker used a lightsaber, and it did as much damage as a punch from Princess Leia in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) All in the sake of game balance of this fucking terrible game. So how was the episode three fighting game? Was it cool? Yes. Yeah, it was pretty decent. Like, uh... (sighs) It is like quippy at times where uh and there were a few original characters that actually looked cool. Uh yeah, yeah. It was that's a good game in general. I like it more than the movie. Really? The yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. looking at it right now and it seems like I'd be more interested in this game than I am <laughs> the actual I, I famously <laughs> on this podcast do not really like uh episode three and that's very um contentious to star wars fans who some people literally say that's the best movie and to those people i say you are fucking crazy um i see that you could play as count dooku and general grievous which is pretty fucking cool um and a bunch of characters i've never heard of like sin (laughs) drag God. Yeah, there's like two of them that are introduced in the game. I don't know if it was just supposed to be canon at the time. Sierra yeah. Kato, she's like a really hot, kind of skanky looking chick with hot boots on and two lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, I think she had, I remember one of her clips where if she's fighting Vader, she asks which, uh, which button on his chest calls for help, pretty much. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, yeah, very... She's a student of somebody named Sin Dryag, and this guy's Wikipedia picture is amazing. Like, he looks like a washed-up hair metal guy. I think his name may be one of those ones where it's reversed, and, and somebody on the crew's actual name. Like, oh my God. I could be wrong on that. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, like, pronounce this backwards. I'm not doing it. Uh, I could be right mistaken now. on it, but yeah. Are you playing Wordle, by the way? I, I meant to ask you before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I've seen like, the proposal. I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. Uh, oh, it's really I, fun. Uh, it's really fun. Um, if anyone is interested in playing Wordle, uh, we could start a post at the MCU Beyond Infinity oh, Facebook yeah. group for Wordle. Or maybe you can email us at MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast at gmail.com and uh, let us know after you leave a five star review on whatever podcast subscription service you are using right now. Um, no, Wordle's pretty fun. Like, you get no clues. You have to guess a five letter word. You get six tries. So you mm-hmm. randomly put in like a five letter word. And then if you get a letter right, 
and it's in the wrong place, it's yellow. And if you get a letter right and it's in the oh, right okay. place, it's yeah, green. Yeah. And then you use deductive reasoning to to make your way to down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it is fun because everyone gets the exact same word and you can only do it. It resets itself every 24 hours. So, you know, you can kind of like humble brag to your friends like, oh, how long did it take you to get it? Or in my case, it always takes me fucking five times. I never get it in like less than <laughs> fucking today. I got it in three, which I was pretty impressed. Um uh, two days ago, the word was prick, and I was like, "Yeah, it should have been my first guess." You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah, Wordle's pretty fun. It's it's more fun, honestly, than talking about Chapter Four, The Gathering Storm, uh, Book of Boba. I was Fett. going to say, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Our, the only our MC podcast to be talking about Wordle, uh, our Star Wars for that matter. Yeah, <laughs> the episode does start off basically with the rescuing of Fennec Chan opening with Boba Fett immersed inside of the Bakta tank where he experiences flashbacks from his past. He's wandering the deserts of Tatooine on Banthaback, um, sometime after the loss of his adopted Tuscan Raider clan at the hands of the Kinton Striders. I am so happy with the amount of Bantha that we are getting on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks so good. Especially in this episode too. They're so yeah. um they're there's such like lightness like to them. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And they're really expressive and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it is actual puppetry being used yeah. for these things. Um you know they were actually elephants kind of in a bunch of fur. That's how they originally did it back in the day for the ones that were moving. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that's why they give them those like big long fur beards because it like hid their trunks. But there's some fun behind the scenes where you could see like the trunk come up and things like that. It's pretty cool. I bet that was fucking miserable for the elephants. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I'm sure they were really happy when George Lucas decided to CG everything. <laughs> <originally>. <laughs> And they had 20 more of them, but I am loving seeing them. I, I I just get like happy at how slow they move and just seeing like a guy kind of, sh- no one can see me except for you, but kind of like that funny stride that they have, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When he's on top of them, it, it's very like regal looking, you know, mm-hmm. um, that rides this thing to Jabba's palace, basically to investigate the last place where he left his ship. The, um, or formerly known as this um, and he's like looking out using his rifle, um, the scope rather on his rifle, seeing all these guards. So he decides like, it's not a good time to break into this place because it's too heavily guarded. Mm-hmm. And he's also a massive wussy. So there's, there's that to contend with. Yeah. It's, there are like three guys and he's like, I'll wait till later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's kind of ridiculous, but but we do get my favorite scene in the episode after he puts us out on killing mm-hmm. these guys, which is like him having like a campfire and sitting under the stars having dinner. And he throws a chicken wing inside of the Bantha's mouth and it burps and it is very, very funny. And it made me very, very happy. It was the highlight of the episode. Yes, yes. I enjoyed that as well. Not as much as you. I do think there is like one thing I liked more, or two rather. Uh, but uh, from there, we kind of get uh, a firm establishing of the timeline where he sees these flares go up from um, Mandalorian episode three, I think. Oh, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like speeding up on Fennec and 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's shit. So, so is Mandalorian happening at the same time that that was happening? Yes, yes. What the fuck? So, like, oh, my God. So this is blowing my mind right now, Travis. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. So, I, and it sucks because I haven't, I was not, like, engrossed in this episode while I was watching it. Every time I watched it, it kind of felt like I was, like, kind of passively watching it. There was nothing kind of, like, totally yeah like rapture hooking me i was just kind of like all right pay attention pay attention pay attention but (laughs) that means that the passing of time hasn't been that long right because that 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 was the mandalorian season two right with fennec shan or was that the first yeah i don't know i don't know how long he was supposed to be with the tuscans Uh, it sounds like it must have been years maybe i don't know but but yeah. Fennec hasn't been with Fett for that long. He's basically, no. she's been with Fett for the amount of time that the Mandalorian took place, basically. Or like half yes. the Mandalorian took place, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. Yeah, when the flares go up, Boba finds uh, an unconscious and dying Fennec Shan. So they take the Bantha over to what's called a mod parlor on the outskirts of most Isley, where he sees all of these like super cool cyborg use hanging around outside okay, of the yeah. entrance. I'm going to say these ones look lame too, but they look cooler than the main gang. Yeah. Marginally. Marginally. Um, the, like the Dragon Ball Z scouter eyepiece, which I, uh, and one, the first one they show with the weird thing under eyes looked cooler than any of the, the main gang. I kind of liked how it was less subtle than the main gang. Like, the main gang was, like, little yeah, things here or there. But that I one agree. with the main eyepiece was just, like, bang! Like, I am a fucking mm-hmm. robot person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the one with the, uh, whenever you go to the eye doctor and they put the, uh, the goggle things on you to see which one. Yeah, he's got those, but permanent, I guess, basically. Uh... That's more visually interesting. I don't think it looks particularly good, but it's more interesting at least. Uh, I uh, I did note that there was a Vespa outside. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're calling these things, but I'm wondering if this is the only reason he didn't murder the gang. If there's some kind of uh, oh, like it's implied that he had some sort of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or wasn't that he just a big old pussy? Yeah, I think that's the real world reason. <laughs> <laughs> Beta cuck fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I really hate, Travis? What I really, really hate about this entire thing, the idea of the cybernetic mods is akin to how cool and tough youths with tattoos are. That's what this is made to feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. this feels like... The Tatooine tattoo, tattoo shop. Partner. Yes. Yeah. Instead yeah, of yeah. like a necessity to live or just like, I need this because I'm a fucking tough killer. It's like, no, I just want to show people how cool I am. You know, like yes. it's artwork yeah. rather than like a necessity. Like, so they bring. So Fennec- you're saying these guys aren't badasses, but they're good enough to be part of Bill Bullfett's crew. <sighs> yes. Yeah. That's that is what I'm issue. saying. That is kind uh, of the issue. Um, one of my favorite musical artists is the gentleman playing the, and I hate that this is what he's called, Travis. He's called the mod artist. That's the name of Thundercat's character. So I, I love Thundercat. He's a wonderful mm-hmm. bass player. 
He's played bass on a couple of like one of my favorite albums of all time is Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. I love that record. I like rap music. I am a bass player. That is my main, like, I guess, art form, you would call it. So when I see mm-hmm. these, you know, artists who not only are amazing, you know, virtuistic uh, musicians, they're also like fucking cool and making cool music and not just playing like yeah, yeah. snotty jazz shit or like, <laughs> like really like technical metal or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. They're playing like real slick kind of hip music. I sound like an old person using the word real hip and cool, but Thundercat is real fucking hip and cool. And like, he works with like Dr. Dre and Kendrick Lamar. And that guy is fucking awesome. Um, He felt very out of place in star Wars here as the modern artist. Yeah. Yeah. I, he wasn't the biggest uh, issue over here. I, I I did. I don't know what Thundercat uh, in general, but I've heard like virtual songs. Sure. Whenever I saw his name in the credits, though, I put it together who he was playing immediately because it was obvious. Uh, kinda, yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It wasn't the worst thing in the episode, but I mean, there were. I I've been talking to this about this show rather with some of my friends in the real world. And many of them have used the word cringe, which is a word I don't like, but they are like uh, Zoomers. They're all like Gen Z guys who work for me. <laughs> so <laughs> when I ask them if they've watched the book of Beta Fe- uh, Boba Fett, they've, um, Jesus Christ, I'm just saying it, not even trying to. Um, they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, it was so cringe. Like, that was so cringe. They use this word cringe. You know, he lays Fennec down on the table, says, I need help. This woman's dying. And Thundercat, mm-hmm. as the mod artist says, you're too old to be here or something like that. Or like, sorry, yeah, old man. Yeah. This is only for the cool kids, man. <laughs> oh, my God, man. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, whenever he does the third grade, the score that plays, like the... uh it just doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. Um, I mean, we talked about it before we went on air about the soundtrack on this part. The, just, this music rules. It just feels so out of place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I said uh, it's like something you would hear in a techno thriller. I thought of Tron <laughs> immediately when I was mm-hmm. when I was watching this. I thought of like, uh, yeah, like like Tron or or. Play the navigator or something along those lines, you know, like computer world stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, the Johnny Mnemonic reboot that we all know is coming. I was going to say Johnny <laughs> Mnemonic, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're just not the right audience at this point. I yeah. I like Star Wars a lot. I don't like the prequels, and I yeah, I like some of the newer movies, but I don't like all of them. Sure. I am particular, so I guess I'm not going to give shit a pass uh, if I don't think it's good. Um, oh yeah, not at all. And honestly, I hold Star Wars to a bit of a higher standard. Um, well, there's a particular aesthetic that I want from Star Wars. 100. percent and, and a lot of the stuff doesn't fit. And I me. think Disney has done a much better job at um, adhering to that aesthetic than Lucas even did with the yeah. prequels, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you there. I mean, you don't have to like uh, the, solo, uh, so, uh, the solo movie or whatever. 
like that dingy look of everything. Yeah, that looks like Star Wars to me. Same with Rogue One, where it's very dark and yeah. Same with the J.J. Abrams ones. They and and mm-hmm. the Ryan Johnson yeah, yeah. one. You know, they they looked like Star Wars, mm-hmm. and the Mandalorian looked like Star Wars, and it looks like it's like shot on film. In it, it just has that aesthetic, and this took me out of it so quickly with the music and mm-hmm. Undercat is a very distinct looking man who looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> um, I joke that he looks like whatever an NFT actually is. You know what I mean? He looks like a oh, JPEG God. image. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like not a real uh, thing. He looks like an anime character and I'm sure he'd take yeah, a lot yeah. of pride in, in looking like an anime character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really weird. I do like that. Um, Benick has these cybernetic parts to her. I think that's pretty fucking cool and pretty fucking rad. And mm-hmm. I like that they're introducing cybernetics to star Wars. Um, yeah. I mean, we had like Vader, but that a little different. That's not like an optional like, fashion. Accessory. Sure. And, and what's his name? Fuck. I can't believe I can't remember his name. The guy with like the little visor over his eyes. All the oh, Lobot. Lobot. Yeah. We've always had Lobot. Never forget. Uh, yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, the show could use a little Lobot, Travis. Actually, I don't like the look of Lobot. I do. <laughs> I'm looking at a Lobot action He's figure. There, and yeah, I guess you could kind of lump him in there and he would fit in fairly well. But yeah, never really liked the design. I am maybe in the minority on that one. But. Yeah. They don't uh, wrap Fennec up because, uh, what's his name? Thundercat is too pride his hard work and, and wants to leave it open so they could uh they could see all that beautiful machinery inside of inside of her um mm-hmm. so essentially the next sequence is shand waking up and being in pain and not knowing where she is and she's at like this campfire in the middle of the desert with boba fett and this is kind of the beginning of them and their allegiance to to one another right mm-hmm. yes yeah I didn't really get how Boba Fett knew who she was or what necessarily the purpose of saving this person was other than like Boba Fett's a good Samaritan now or something like that. You know know what I mean? I think an argument could be made because he was a bounty hunter up until recent. I don't know how long she's been on the run. Sure. Uh, And so she, he may have been aware of her as, uh, as a potential bounty target. Yeah. Or maybe she's just like an infamous uh, Imperial whatever. Master uh, Assassin from the mid-rim. That's what they said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. Yeah. So maybe that. Uh, yeah, maybe there was some bounty for her prior to Fett having gotten sucked up into the Starlight Pet and becoming a pussy. Yeah, we just don't really know. I haven't looked up to see how long he was with the Tuskins. I guess I could have done that. <laughs> Maybe after the show, I would. You lazy son of a bitch, Travis. There's no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Too busy playing all that Fatal Fury and drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, some of the lines really got me because he says, the Tuscans took me in as one of their own. And, you know, I learned all this stuff about, you know, treating they people. They ter- you were a, a fucking captive. They were going to eat you and use you to dig up melons. Yeah. Yeah. Like the thing, 
The whole Tuscan flashback storyline was interesting to me at first, but the fact that it didn't pay off in an interesting way, I get that we're probably supposed to think that that's why he's not as bloodthirsty, but it doesn't really come across in that plotline for me why. The Tuscans have never been giant pussies that we've seen. They're, hell, they enslaved Boba Fett not too long ago. Yeah, they, they <laughs> enslaved Boba Fett and, like, had their children whip him and, like, feed dogs yeah, yeah. to him. And, like, the only reason they had him around was because they were using him as, like, a tool before they put him as part of the gang or the tribe or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really make any sense how he keeps bringing up, you know, the Tuscans took me in as one of their own. It's like, no, they, you were their fucking prisoner, bro. You earned your keep there. You fucking, yeah. yeah. You saved one of them, so they gave you a pass. You killed the sand kraken. That was the first test. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And then you tell them how to rob a train, which I'm sure at this point you'd probably not do again. And just. Yeah. No, we can't hurt the train. I'm sorry. There's a lot of yeah, droids yeah. on. I know there. he's going to murder the pikes. I get that, but yeah, it. But why? Like, what have the pikes done other than like work with the mayor yet? I don't understand I what think, the pikes have done. I think that uh, they're behind the Nick Kill gang that murdered the Tuscans. I think that's what it is. They sent the, that gang to wipe them out. I don't know why, other than they're the villains. But we haven't heard or seen any of that yet, and it hasn't even been implied yet. Like, that hasn't even been implied. There's the line in this where I was with the Tuscans until the Nyctospeeda gang, you know, yeah. wiped them all out. And Shand has the whole, like, that's impossible, a Speeda gang taking out the yeah, Tuscans. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was because, like, the, uh, the Pikes were uh, forced to choose between the Sand people or the Kenton Striders, and I think that's the biker gang. Uh, and maybe they had already made a deal. Uh, that's my assumption. But yeah, they could have done a better job at a lot of this. Uh, yeah, or wrap that up if we're not going to be getting any more flashbacks. So it made sense for the future sequences, the present day sequences, or something. Mm -hmm. um, so the plan essentially is like, stay with me. I won't kill you or get the bounty for you if you help me get back my fire spray class gunship aka <laughs> which i'm gonna beep out every time i say oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh that... well you're you're adding a lot of work and... <laughs> hey man with great power comes great responsibility and may told me that dude um mm. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our four-hour episode on Spider-Man No Way Home. What's the name of it? Is it No Way Home? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, it's No Way Home. The home motif in those names confuses me so much. Yeah, I don't understand why they went with that, really. Yeah. Uh, like homecoming kind of makes sense since it's Spider-Man coming back to Disney slash Marvel. Took uh, place during the first week of high school or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't know why they stuck with it. Uh, the home trilogy, I guess. Uh, yeah. Now that he's uh, broke Peter Parker, it'll be Peter Parker Home Depot, and he'll be working at a Home Depot in the next ah. one. Even though Home Depots in New York City are like weird yuppie stores that don't make any sense, and I don't understand how anyone buys anything there, because like, how are you moving lumber around throughout New York? It's always been very confusing to me. So, Fett and Shand travel through the Dune Sea on Fett's very cool Bantha um, to infiltrate Jabba's palace. And then once it's... um nighttime shand uses her like gun sight to kind of scout out all the grounds and confirms that the starship formerly known as the 
is inside mm-hmm. there and they have no idea how many guards there are so she uses this cool fucking um, yeah. droid the, the little scout droid yeah it, it makes me think of uh, prometheus because they use something similar to uh scout out the layout of that ruin in that movie but yes yeah I would think if this was supposed to be a cell thing, they wouldn't include the gold red lights on it. (laughs) Whatever. It's it's not even the stupidest thing uh, on the show. No. It's kind of cool looking. I I love Mm -hmm. those Prometheus. I love those Ridley Scott prequels to Aliens. They took me a while to... uh, to come More around to. to yeah 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 but i i find myself revisiting them and and finding them more and more admirable uh, i like the them. way prometheus looked except for the old man makeup but oh that's my favorite part <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking weird it's so uh, fucking weird but there's so much geiger in that movie dude oh yeah speaking of so fucking weird looking i will mention that the gamorians that the scout droid sees in Jabba's palace all are wearing tunics and they look so much better than the, the weird skinny ones we've been seeing. They do. I mean, as they should we, always wear tunics. Yeah. And as we've gone on record as saying, we think the present day Gamorian pig guards need to hit the gym, start doing some squats, put a little bit of fucking muscle on that bone. And Bet needs to start feeding them as well as he's been feeding, you know, yeah, yeah. Like last episode, we saw him eating, and they were not there. I would have loved to have seen them just slop and stuff into their face holes. And, and you hate when people eat on. Yeah, yeah. You it would infuriate me if it was anyone else, but like some pig people, that makes sense. Me and the uh, Kira, um, founder of the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Kira, not not Kira from uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, which we'll start talking about in a little bit. <laughs> but no, no, no. Kira, um, co-host of the show, when we went to go see Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings in the theaters, mm-hmm. she always brags about how she can eat all this fucked up hot sauce. And she called my fucking bluff, dude. Turns out, like, <laughs> I brought the most fucked up hot sauce, like, imaginable that I could find. It was made with, like, pepper X, like, fucked up shit where I was dying. But mm-hmm. we ate these hot sauces on Mike in her car outside of the movie theater. And as I'm doing it, I couldn't help but think, like, Travis is going to hate this <laughs> entire <laughs> bit because you hear me crunching the chip. Oh, yeah. It's it's awful. <laughs> I'm so sorry, no. man. No, no. Uh, I, I got through it. I, I think I may have skipped ahead. For my own mental well-being. Uh, so... They get the specs back from inside and there are all of these guards. It's really well guarded, basically. So they have to be really stealth. Like me- I kept thinking of like Metal Gear Solid or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going full solid snake on this. Yeah. A big exclamation point's going to pop up behind a Gamorrean pig guard. <laughs> the blunk yeah, yeah. noise will happen every single time. Um, and then Shan notes, like, you know, Fett's a bounty hunter and... Fett says that he's tired of working for idiots who are going to get him killed and that the Tuscans took him in and made him part of their tribe and that he decided to leave hunting behind. And she replies that people like them don't get to choose about when they're done and that mm-hmm. his time with the Tuscans made him soft. And she just straight up says what well, we've been thinking this entire <laughs> time. That this is Beta Fett. This is not Alpha Fett. Mm-hmm. This is not Boba Fett. This is like, you know, he's gone soft. An inferior. Yeah, yeah. Now, would you have been mad if they recast Boba Fett? Oh, I've stated before that 
I would have preferred it because I don't really love Tamir Morrison as an actor. Like he does okay here. I'll give him that, but just what he's given here isn't. Yeah, and he's like pretty uh, schlubby. I hate to say it because he's right, probably in, he's now, in better shape yeah. than I am. But the guy's like, a, yeah, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. But still, I'm like, sure he's probably a nice guy. And everything. I hate talking bad about him. And and a fine know. actor, like he's okay. But um, I, I I can't help but think that a lot of his action pieces are kind of dumbed down due to the limitations of this like mm-hmm. schlubby 60 year old guy who are you do- saying that it's like an irishman situation where they you know some of the action doesn't look so good because you have a 70 year old man there. i don't think he's that old but yeah they should have cast robert de niro and de-aged him to play mr robert fett mr Bob- boba fett himself <laughs> robert, robert, e. fett, robert yeah, fett yeah. himself yes robert uh, fett de niro <laughs> uh, um so yeah they have the time to patrol and go in quietly so the two breach java's palace through the sewers under the cover of the night and in the kitchen this is my favorite part of the episode there's a chef droid and a sous chef droid who are working at preparing food and there's like a hot bubbling cauldron thing with like little creatures inside yes yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 grievous chef, pretty the much. General grievous chef. You kept calling him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the smokers cough though. You know. No, no, no. He's he's healthier than that, but. Uh, but he's yeah, got yeah. like eight arms, and he's chopping. Like, he's chopping carrots, and there's just yeah, all yeah, of them are like chopping fine. down. Yeah, yeah. It's very silly. Like it looks like a fucking muppet. You know what I mean? It's very, very uh, funny I looking. I do think it's a practical thing. Like I think most of the droids were here. Sure. Uh, there's a, a lot of fun droids, isn't it? So I uh. Yeah, yeah, I dig them. I really uh, like this little bit too. I like the uh, the bubbling, like little, like kind mm-hmm. of Asian, like Chinese looking cauldron thing that like soup dumplings oh, yeah. would be in. And there's like a little monster trying to get out. And the one, <laughs> and he just bonks it, just yeah, bonks yeah. it and like puts the lid on it. And it's like, quiet, you. And then um, they hear the little rattle of the sewer grate as um, Asian of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and Bobber Fett are like <laughs> coming up. And they're like, do you hear that noise? It's probably the rats. Call the rat catcher. And like. <laughs> they, they... The, the rat catcher droid is adorable. And the, his little neck. And he looks kind of like a bunny rabbit a little bit. He looks like, like Rizzo the rat from the Muppets, dude. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I dig the design of it. It's simple, but. uh well, we're kind of skipping past. Yeah, action. yeah. That, yeah. Th- this is my favorite little action the bit of it because it's like borderline slapstick humor, where it's just mm-hmm. the sous chef droid and the chef general Grievous droid fighting Fennec Shan because Boba Fett does fucking nothing, and um, mm-hmm. I just dig the comedy of it. Like the one, <laughs> the 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 one droid, the chef droid with the eight arms and all the knives starts doing mm. the general grievous thing where it's just showing off like how fast it can move all these knives and shan just like goes behind it and, like clips a wire and it like drops and uh and the rat catcher droid like runs in and this is boba fett's big action scene is him running around like an idiot trying to catch this little tiny muppet robot yeah, muppet. Yeah. yeah what this scene reminded me of is episode two the droid factory just a little bit sure where- sure Except the droid is kind of just 
the protagonist, where he's running over fire, trying to escape, and it's, yeah, yeah. It looks like original trilogy, but it, it just actually fits, that feels like prequels. And not, that's not meant to be an insult or anything. No. You know. it, it's very no, no. tongue-in-cheek slapstick humor, which, like, yeah, George yeah, Lucas, like, loves silly, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Bobbert Fed eventually catches the rat catcher droid and, like, bangs it up against the wall by the neck and asks it <laughs> if it knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, says yeah. no, and he no, reminds yeah, it, him there's that. There's a lot of, like, just goofy droid stuff. That's also, like, big prequel stuff. With, yeah. Big prequel yeah. energy is goofy droid stuff. <laughs> Fucking um yeah. and he just like Sephokus, uh turning himself off. Uh why would you ask a droid if it knows who you are? Why would you ask a robot if it knows who you are? Droids in the Star Wars universe do have more personality. Uh and they are worried about being tortured and things. They're not fully robots. Uh they're not I don't know if they Qualify as an AI or whatever, but yeah, yeah. I thought it was a very they don't have free thing will. to do. Yeah, they don't have free will. Yeah, yeah. They may or may not have souls. That is left to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> do Star Wars droids dream of electric sheep? Yet to be determined. You know, Bill K. Dick will mm-hmm. uh, come out of the grave, take a bunch of Adderall, and write uh, 2,000 words on it someday. Um, so they go to reclaim the. the one and they reach the hangar where the one is being stored they are not calling it the and they pass a bunch of droids and gamarian guards and basically fett says i'll take care of the ship you do everything cool shand and- <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go be a pilot yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. Fett gets into the ship which has no way of taking off and they're like in a cave basically mm-hmm. and Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. does a bunch of karate and takes down all of these. Do you think she's using Terrace Kelsey? Oh. I don't know. I'm sure there are Star Wars nerds out there that will know the answer to that, but I was curious to know if any of the martial arts stuff she does is supposed to be that. I have no idea. And wasn't like Terakashi brought into the canon technically through Solo? Because one of the gangs in Solo is the same like order that used the art of Terakashi. I could be very, very wrong. Um, you could be right. Uh, I wouldn't say it is canon in some way, but yeah, I, I'm sure it is. Do you think, um, again, I'll, I'll post it actually in the Facebook group, but some of the music cues in this, cause I, uh, rewatched, uh, bits of solo, uh, to kind of familiarize mm-hmm. myself with uh, some characters who I think are going to be popping up. Um, so some of the music cues in this are very reminiscent of the score, specifically the bits where the, what's the name of that order that Darth Maul's part of? Crimson Dawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like the jingling bell theme is the same music essentially as the themes used in this show so part of me thinks like there, later we'll get to it there's a musical callback in this episode where you're like "Ooh, a character's yeah. coming in you know yeah, uh, and star yeah. wars does this great job of that always with its scores like the leia theme you know what i mean like yeah. um, do you 
I guess we can talk a little bit about it now. Do you think we're going to see a big surprise character by the end? I think we're going to, if we're going to see a big surprise character, that it's going to end up being the chick from Game of Thrones who played Hansel's oh, yeah, yeah. girlfriend. Sure. Kira. Yeah, yeah. Yes. How about I'm you? I'm hoping for Maul, but yeah, Kira is also a possibility. Well, Maul would be uh, dead technically by this point. Is he? He is. Okay. See, I haven't watched all the Rebels to you know if he pops up there. And... Yeah, he is dead in the new Disney canon. Although, you know, Palpatine's back. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, I know, I know uh, he's brought back in the Clone Wars cartoon and all that, but yeah. Do you think we'll see... Um... And I know he's in Rebels. Uh, he tries to take he an is. apprentice there. He is. But but do you think we'll see some of the like lamer, newer characters, like a young uh, General Hux <laughs> or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I think it'll be someone... Uh, I was going to say more stature, but then again, Cure, I don't think is... Uh, I think that's kind of a boring character, to be completely honest with you. Extremely, yeah. extremely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't even. I like Solo with Star Wars movie, but the villains in that movie are, are fucking worthless. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, they're boring. Yeah. Yeah. Even the um, the strangely attractive, vaguely ambiguous ethnicity chick from the Falcon the of the Winter smasher. Soldier. Yeah, the flag smasher. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like yeah. that girl. I like that girl. Yeah, yeah. she's very pretty. Very to pretty. Me. And me too. Yeah, yeah. And and she's really yeah. unique looking. Like she's yeah, she's yeah, this Irish girl with red hair, but it looks like the hair, like African hair. And I found out like she's like well, she's her, her mom is black or her dad is black. Yeah, yeah, multiracial. Yeah. And she's from Ireland. So that like all this makes sense in this weird, like put it in a mm-hmm. stew. This is what you get kind of thing. And she's just very, I don't know. There's something about her. See what the utopia we could have if everyone got along and yeah. See what kind of beautiful out. people we'd have. Uh-huh. <laughs> Instead, we're canceling. <laughs> That's where we're at now. We're getting there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so Fennec Shan does all this cool shit, and she karate chops and shoots everybody. Eventually, I think she does at the end of the action bit. But yeah, yeah, uh, I kind of like the thing she does. She tells Boba Fett because he's like, "There's no way out of here unless we could drop the gate." She's like, ah, "I got an idea," and she kicks a Gamorrean pig guard, tells him to close the bridge, and she like mm-hmm. snipes a weight, I guess, that's holding the gate up, right? Yeah, it's a like very old, uh, like analog technology. It's like opening up a uh, curtain for a stage yeah, play yeah. or something like that right mm-hmm. absolutely that yes yeah um yep and they get out and then they take the what what kind of starship is this thing again i should probably be calling it by it's uh uh the fire spray uh he takes his fire yes. spray a fire spray, yeah the right nissan there. versa he takes his nissan versa <laughs> um later that day we see the uh, Kinton Striders who massacred his uh, Tuscan family who he loved so much. And essentially they catch up to him using the fire spray class starship. And they, this is the coolest thing he has done this entire series. Oh, hundred percent. And yeah. Yeah. And he just, I think it's only the second time he said, Oh, then I forgot the carrying height. I'm sure he must've killed someone there. If only by accident. I right. think he really he politely asked the robot conductor to stop, please, and that's that's what he did, right? 
Well, yeah, yeah, the the conductor ducked him. He fucking escaped. Yeah, he's <laughs> a legendary bounty hunter. Yeah, what would have guessed? Yeah, it is uh, cool that he he wipes these fucking people out, and then they take this the um. God, I keep almost saying it, but I know I can't. Um, the fire spray Nissan versus ship over to the Starlack pit because he thinks that's where his armor is, right? <laughs> yeah, and here it almost undoes the cool stuff of the previous scene for me. In a way, <laughs> he almost gets caught by the Sarlacc again. He does it's get caught by the Sarlacc. He like hovers yeah, over yeah. it. It opens its vagina mouth. It shoots its phallic tentacles and it starts like sucking the ship into its vagina mouth. It's very Yeah, and him being so unfamiliar with the what his ship looks like and where the guns are located, he starts just blasting the sand. And yeah. Fennec saves the day by getting out of her seat and reaching a the grenade button, I guess. The it's like a seismic charge or, or something. Yeah, 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 seismic charge. Yeah, that's yeah. But like the whole so the again i keep saying like the the kind of vaginal orifice that is the sarlacc's <laughs> mouth and then the phallic tentacles that i guess are its arms i saw an anatomy of a sarlacc pit and then i was i did earlier today too it's pretty yeah, cool yeah. looking it's pretty cool looking uh but but the parts that we could see inside of this pit like have the fire spray class starship in its clutches <laughs> and they act like they're being punched while they're buckled up and it bothered me it's so weird yeah they're yeah, like yeah. all tensed up and it makes no sense it to me no sense no because yeah. they're not being hurt. i mean it's worse than like star trek where everyone falls on the ground but at that, least their ship is shaking and they're trying to stand. yeah 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 they're just they have artificial gravity so they're yeah yeah here it's it is like they're being attacked physically and it's really weird. Although I do kind of like the shot from the cockpit looking into the two of them when Fennec Mm -hmm. takes off her seatbelt and like flies to the windshield and she's like got her legs on it and she jumps up. I I thought it like Mm kind of looked cool. And then Travis, after she drops the seismic charge, we're getting to the (laughs) punchline. Is this the funny that you were talking about? It absolutely is. Boba Fett tells Fennec Shand, don't touch my buttons. You get it? Because, like, you, you don't want to touch someone's He's, buttons. Yeah, yeah. And she and touched them. Off. And, yeah, and, and it was a button, too. It was a real button. So there's the whole literal level of it being a button. And, oh, I didn't even think of it being metaphor. Well, it's a figurative that's, manner yeah, of speech. Yeah, don't don't push my yeah, buttons, yeah. Travis. You're bothering me. Don't mm. push my buttons. But then it, there's an actual button. This is very layered dialogue. I, I hadn't considered. Well, John uh, Favreau is a very quippy guy, you know. So yeah. um, I, I feel bad shitting on him because he is a good writer. He yeah, rules. This, he this rules. Sucks. It's so lame. It's so relatively, lame. relatively. This isn't the worst thing ever, but. Travis, if you told Travis, if you told seven-year-old me that someday I would get to see <laughs> Boba Fett in his fire spray uh, uh, yeah. in in his fire spray class starship, 
hovering over the Sarlacc pit while I was trying to eat him while a hot Asian dropped a seismic charge on him and I said it sucked and I was like and it's gonna suck <laughs> if future me went back and told my seven-year-old self someday you're going to see this exact scene the awesome I'm ship with the awesome with the dude and paper trying to do the math well that doesn't sound no, right that doesn't and sound just, right I'm just drawing like making a fucking conspiracy yeah, theory board like that, that yeah. doesn't sound bad yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and the guy who makes the Iron Man movie someday is going to write it. And I'm like, what? The guy from Swingers makes an Iron Man movie? You know, <laughs> how is that possible? It's going to be the most profitable film franchise in history. Yeah. Yeah. Old Shellhead. Who knew? Yeah. Who fucking knew? Um, it's so bizarre, dude. It's so bizarre. And yeah, like, essentially, they go inside the Sarlacc because it's dead now and are trying <laughs> looking for the armor looking for the armor that yeah they doesn't remember top. being robbed of them and this is where she says you know you can't keep going in there it's not in there the you're just getting more burned by going inside there because of the acids inside mm-hmm. the stomach and then they waste a bunch of water pouring it on his head blah 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 Later on that evening, this is my second favorite part in the scene. There uh, is another campfire and Boba Fett is cooking and he asks Fennec if she'd like some scurrier. And she says, yes, thank you, please. And it just made me laugh where he's like, scurrier. Because <laughs> last week we saw those little muskrat things and yeah, I was yeah. like, scurriers are pretty cool. And now we find out like he hunts and eats them, you know. Um, I kept thinking of a better movie, uh, Danny Velnu's Dune with the little desert rat. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The little water kind of sweating from his ear. And um, yeah, better movie, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. We could be talking about The Eternals. What would you rather be talking about right now? Book of Boba Fett or The Eternals? Gun to your head. Don't push my buttons, Travis. Tell me the truth. Eternals. Really? Whoa. Yeah, just just barely. My Eternals. Yeah, Yeah. you wouldn't feel bad writing on it. I yeah. Wait wait yeah, wait wait. Yeah. You uh, well, you like the Eternals like the more than this? Oh my god! Yeah, a bit yeah. Oh my god! I think you're yeah, insane. Yeah I like Kamel. I like the cast, even though some of them don't do a great job. Uh yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Hey, I need to think about that a bit. I I was thinking about the Celestial and how much I like them. It's a Sophie's uh, choice. This is kind of yeah yeah I. Maybe this because of the background aliens and a fellow that's coming up. I mean, what would you rather have, chlamydia or gonorrhea? You know, you know what I mean. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This is the worst way to find out that you're allergic to penicillin from personal experience. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh. I remember yeah, going to that college nurse too and being yeah. so shy, you know, and just being like, uh, uh, and she's like. Listen, kids, you think you have an STD? What else is no? You know what I mean? Like, I see, I do this all day. This is what I do for a living. I take, I look at your dick. You know, I was like, all right, I guess you're right, lady. <laughs> Here it is. It's just like this fucking, like, pus filled glob I popped out. Oh. <laughs> we know that no women are listening to this by this point. So, at this point, yeah, yeah. I'll get you someday um, <laughs> with my Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Do I go in that thing or is it going inside me at this point? Um, What the fuck? Yeah, the scurrier bit. I, I liked the scurrier bit. Um, And yeah, they're sitting around the fire. 
Shand is questioning Boba Fett about his ambitions of um, wanting to start his own house. Kind of this mafia analogy. Yeah, yeah I forget right? what they called it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't care about money. I just want power or whatever. And, uh, it's, I don't know why you wouldn't be a crime lord. It just seems like a lot of headache if you're not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he mentions how if he were to start his own house, he would need both brains and muscles, which Fennec Shand has. And there's a little bit of back and forth, like, you know, well, I'm a bounty hunter. I work for myself. And he's like, you will mm -hmm. have all of this when I lived with the Tuscans. I felt this blah, blah, blah. It was all very, very silly. But at this the end of the day, an example of him telling us and not them showing us. Sure. Like this is, I guess, where they're supposed to get across that that was a transformative experience, and that's why he's the way he is now. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But then we uh, got a flashback of Bit Fortuna, and it was cool for a couple seconds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, yeah, we got a quick flashback of uh, Fett shooting. Bib Fortuna dead and getting onto the throne. So when the Mandalorian season two had that post-credits stinger and Boba Fett shot Bib Fortuna in the head, I thought that was a positive sign of things to come. For me, I I don't want to bash Disney too much, but like I didn't really understand how a villainous character would work as the main character of a Disney show. Uh, I this was kind of my exact fear of what's happening in the show, where they're going to make him uh more noble and less cutthroat and uh, he has zero cunning but we've seen them do this well before with guys like loki right yeah yeah oh well loki by that point had kind of turned the corner uh not and this like, loki though <laughs> uh Thanos, i guess comes close because we get a lot of his motivation he's not the main character but sure Infinity War is his story. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Cruella, which is a pretty good movie, actually. And she's kind of a bitch throughout that very movie. Hot. Yeah, she's very hot. Um, she could step on me. You know, I, <laughs> I would have no objection to her killing my puppy, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> for the next minute. That is a very odd euphemism. You're probably going to sometimes watch this now. I'm not a fan of dogs. I'm very honest about that. I'm a cat You are guy. a monster. I know. I know I you're a cat guy. You like animals. I, I do yeah. like animals. I have a cat. She's headbutting the fucking door right now because nobody is home. And when my cat gets lonely and she wants attention, she runs into whatever door somebody is in it's the weirdest thing ever um she does it almost every week while we're podcasting if you ever hear a thud on my mic it's my my little cat Chalula running into a door i rescued her from behind a taco stand and named her after the hot sauce i was using but um yeah i'm not a big uh dog guy it's kind of See, i i like both um yeah yeah. Dogs are too I, much work, man. You know what I mean? I'm not married anymore for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true, I suppose. Have uh, you seen Cruella? I've seen the opening. I okay, saw okay. The, so you've seen the, the opening. You've seen yeah, the opening. Yeah, I, I saw, yeah. That's what, what happened. That's what I want Cruella, to talk about. Yeah. So minor spoiler for Cruella, which is like a two-year-old movie at this point for the next 60 seconds. 
how could we set up the origin for the woman who wants to kill and skill puppies? How can we empathize with her? What's the most Disney thing we could fucking do? And they have Dalmatians push her mother off a fucking cliff. And it is fucking hilarious and outlandish. And I loved yeah. it. And I stood up in the theater and threw my wallet at the screen and was like, you fucking win. That was so fucking funny. Um, it also has like Emma Stone and like um, Hot Topic-esque like punk yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, singing the Stooges, I Want to Be Your Dog with fishnets on. Oh, I didn't know she had a singing portion. Yeah, the, the, I she, didn't know the outfit. She's like putting on yeah. like a rock and roll show outside the establishment's fashion show and they're playing like the Mis they're not the oh. Misfits, the Stooges and she's yeah. just like strutting and being hot with like her Hot Topic fucking clothes <laughs> on and I was like, alright, this movie fucking rules apparently. Um, yeah, the next part of this episode, Travis, is Fett coming out of the Bakta tank. The Bakta tank. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, Star Wars fans. At this point, I'm so sorry, Star Wars fans. I promise we <laughs> like Star Wars. Um, but no, he gets out of the Bakta tank and, um, Fennec, well, first there's a little droid that gives him a towel, which is adorable. And yeah, yeah and he was kind of like a pit droid, but it was a ball bottom yeah. instead of, yeah. It's pretty cool. And then, um, Shand says congratulations your scars are healed how about the scars on the inside and fett replies those are going to take longer <laughs> yeah. i i didn't even register what he says there i i was just thinking about the scar on his face it's still there it is still there but at least it's yeah, like yeah. distinguishing yeah i i do kind of wonder is this kind of like ableist since i've told on the podcast oh my gosh Facial disfigurement being a uh, a symptom of villainy in general, and I I assume there's a practical reason where his burn uh, makeup is probably more time consuming and expensive to apply than just a single face story. Yeah, probably. When um, Bet starts asking about what's the mayor's um, major domo up to. Shan replies mm -hmm. that the prisoner is singing like a yuzum, but he reports that there's no signs of the mayor. Do you know what a yuzum is, my friend? I do not. He is that silly looking, fuzzy, Muppet looking guy that George Lucas added to the Jabba's palace scene. Oh, in... I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the worst part of that scene. Yes, yes. yes. And if listeners at home and Travis, while we're on the air, if you would uh, Wikipedia Yazums, Y-U-Z-Z-U-M-S, the Wikipedia profile picture is one of those guys. It looks like a stuffed animal version of him holding what appears to be an AK-47, and it is fucking <gasps> sick looking. It is so funny looking. But uh, he's mostly known for that Jedi rock sequence that we all kind of hate in. Uh, oh, yeah. In, um, Lucas shouldn't have fought with the music of the No, I want that sweet, sweet jizz, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We do get a hit at Max line later on this episode. That yeah, yeah, to let you know that happy. that is Max Rebo and not just another of his species that plays music. Thank God. I mean, Max worked real hard at at perfecting the jizz, so he deserves it. 
For those who don't know, jizz music is a style of music that the uh, Cantina band played. So. I didn't know that was that is uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. You I, thought I, I was just screaming jizz over and over again for the past two weeks? I thought you just had a funny pronunciation of jazz. I didn't know no. that it was like yeah. No. Lucas was like, "What's a clever word for the fish?" I thought it was like Moebius and <laughs> Spider Man. Spider Man. No. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fucking hilarious. No, George Lucas uh, thought, "How would aliens pronounce the word jazz?" And he called it jizz on purpose. That is the name of that kind of music. It's is it so... spelled the same as the the more popular form. Of it is no? not. It is not. Oh, but that's how okay. it's pronounced. It's Just very close. It's very close. It might have an uh, e at the end or something very silly. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. We do get more black chrysanthemum. Um, I don't like that they're calling the cantina the sanctuary, but back at the sanctuary cantina, we see a bunch of really cool droids and gleep glops and bleep blops, uh, aliens rather. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is kind of the, the most prolific part, like alien encounter on this one. Uh, I like the casino droid has the silly green hat, and I know I've just been bitching about the uh, things on the earth that they use, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one worked for me because it was so brief and I don't know. It sounds uh, like it seems like something that George Lucas and the cast and crew would have done back in the day hmm? where they had this cool prop and they're like, how can we make it look more casino-y? And they're like, put the little green car dealer hat on him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the car dealer droid. I liked um, all the patrons, a lot of the, what are those things called? Not the Biffs, the, um, oh, what are those good things called? The lizard guys. No, the lizard guys. Oh, like Trandoshans. Trandoshans. Lots of Trandoshans, which I won't. lizard folk. Yeah, lizard folk, yes. Um, Yeah, and Black Christanthans just sitting there all by himself being a Wookiee in a corner, watching all the uh, Trandoshans rather menacingly. And then, um, yeah. Well, Wookiees and Trandoshans hate one another, typically. So he's seeing them have a good time. Oh, it's bubbling. He's out, out of a job. He's a, he's freshly out of work, and yeah, yeah. Well, he gets getting more and more pissed off at their good time. He he uh he gets um into a little bit of an altercation with one and starts hurling him around and throwing him against the furniture and <laughs> starts like a little bar fight with him. And then uh, Garza Whip, who Whip? I yes. think is the most attractive. Of the Twilix she, that we've seen yet, she's very pretty, but her being a Twilix is not uh, over. That actress is extremely pretty. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, yes. We have previously gone on record saying how we're a little bit biased against the pink Twilix because it looks like something we yeah, can stick our penises in. Yeah, exactly. Too yeah. close to home. I yeah. want alien intercourse at this point. So give me a green <laughs> Twilix, give me a blue Twilix. Do you think that there's it's it's almost like Earth how like we all have kind of like vaguely different skin tones? It's a little bit more outlandish, you know, depending on where you are in the world, wherever yeah, Twilix yeah. come from. Do you think like one continent is blue and one continent is green, and then they have like an America where they all live and things like that? You know what I mean? Like, do you think yellow Twilix come from China and you know things like that? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Pink Twilix are from Europe. I don't think so. Well, I don't think they. Really thought about that, or 
there's got to be a reason. Let me take a decree. Uh, sure. Take decree in the blue. And, yeah, yeah, I assume there probably are like race relations on uh, whatever their home planet is. But well, Gartheth Whip intervenes and basically like recants the tales of Black Christanthan and saying like yeah, your yeah, name used to mean it. something, and <laughs> we watch you fight in the pit and cheer your name, and there's some dignity, and now we live in a time where you know what you did is seen as uncivilized, and these are more civilized times, and we'll relieve you of your bar tab, even the mention of your knuckle dusters would strike fear into the hearts of anyone. So Travis, we and it's have- weird because they couldn't even bust Boba Fett up last game or last episode, rather. It, it is. They say that they're legendary, but they didn't show it. Travis, they use the word knuckle busters in this episode, um, which sounds like a weird sex thing, but it is really fucking cool that they call the brass knuckles knuckle busters. I love that. Oh yeah, I know the term from Fallout. Oh I'm dang! Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the first two, I think. But, Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, like, ba- I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. Back in the original trilogy, Han Solo talks about how like you fuck with a Wookiee, basically it'll rip your arms off. They're known to do that, and we've never seen a yeah. Wookiee do that, but we do get to see a Wookiee do that here because her. Do inter- you know how angry I would have been if they had allowed uh, Miss Garza here to be successful in talking BK down. Probably pretty like, upset. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. He rips the arm off, and it's great, and that is the other best part of this episode. I think Saiwan going down the uh, the bikers is the best, the second best, and then the Banta. Banta time. Bantha time. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty dope. There was no more blood. Um, there was a funny line because Fett is like walking in and takes his helmet off for some reason to watch all of this. And <laughs> he goes up to um, the hot Twilic and was like, yeah, it was worth a shot. You know what I mean? As Chris Stanton yeah, walking yeah. past them. That wasn't bad line. No. And the uh, the hit it max, you know, and he starts playing mm-hmm. that, that sweet, sweet jizz. Now I'm thinking like, is it spelt J-I-Z-Z? Like... Because it's like driving me crazy. I love how Max Rebo looks. It, dude, it is spelt J I Z. It 100% fantastic. is. Yep. A popular jizz whaler. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Playing his blue ball organ, Travis. You uh, are you serious right now? Yeah, I'm on Wikipedia. This is canon, my friend. This is canon, my friend. He's a jizz whaler. Is that what he's a jizz whaler? Like he's whaling. That sounds like chubby chaser a bit. I don't just a little, just a little. Uh, yeah, uh, good for him. Sounds like my ex. Um, getting steady work, he's making money as a musician. I hear that's hard to do. Oh my god. He mainly played the blue ball jet organ, which he plays with his feet. Oh, people are there's someone Someone had to be someone's into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some intern is like cackling right in this article. (laughs) (laughs) So um it happens, and exactly as predicted by you, Travis, Black Chrysanthemum is recruited into Bubba Fett's Mm -hmm. gang of Merry Misfits. Were you happy about this? Uh, yes, I, I like Black Chrysanthemum. He's a cool looking character. Wolfies are cool. Everyone's cooler than Boba Fett except the Scooter Gang. So, yeah, the only downside is he, uh, uh, he 
Mola drops down another tier on the uh, the badass uh, ranking here. Yeah, which is a bummer. Which oh, is a are, bummer. Yeah. So yeah, especially since they're going to be dropping him down one more next episode. <laughs> Time will tell, but I I think they're going to. Um, later that late yeah hopefully 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 God knows at this point. Uh, later that evening, Fett and Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shand host several local crime bosses at a banquet in Boba's palace. Shand explains that Jabba once sat on that throne, but that his reign ended in a ball of fire above the Dune Sea with Bib Fortuna taking his place, reminding them that they were once all captain under Jabba, but left his family when Fortuna claimed to be his heir, describing Fortuna as a horrible leader with no right to this throne, and the recalls that they each tried to take his place but were thought by his guile and treachery. Blah, 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 blah. And then eventually Shand credits Boba Fett with removing Fortuna and promises that they can gain a crew, wealth, and power if they listen to the man named Boba Fett. She sells us on Boba Fett better than Boba Fett <laughs> sells us on Boba Fett, basically. It's all, yeah. listen to Boba Fett. Wouldn't it be cool mm-hmm. if you worked for Boba Fett? Boba Fett's in charge. Like, she's just saying all of these things instead of Fett proving why he should be. Maybe his uh, past doings prove it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they aren't convinced. <laughs> she does a good job. She does. But yeah, yeah. And then uh, he lays out his terms and how he wants to rule, but he doesn't want tribute. And he also says he doesn't want no quarter as well, which doesn't actually make any goddamn sense with the way he uses it. But no quarter, no surrender. I, yeah, I don't understand that either. Like, yeah, he, well, no quarter means like no mercy or pity. So he, I, I don't know. I, I don't know either. He's like, I may sit on this throne, but claims, but but I have no claims or designs to your territory or something. Yeah, he yeah. wants to be the biggest boss, but he doesn't care about their t- individual territories, I guess, which makes no sense either. What the pocket is the point of being the big boss if you're not getting paid to be the big boss? Like, where are you making your I think he just from? wants to have like a uh, title, a non profit police organization, is what I think. Sounds like a cop to me. Yeah, yeah. He just wants the streets to be safe. And I, he uses those words. ACAB, all cops are boba. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, they still tell him, well, he then threatens them with the starlight, or not the starlight, but the rancor, rather. And they still tell him to get fucked. So he says, okay. Yeah, just get fucked. to be neutral. He, <laughs> he explains that the Pikes are mustering troops into most Espa and are slowly absorbing Tatooine of all of its wealth, which is essentially drugs because Tatooine is Arrakis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, we don't care. We make so much. We make all our money off of that. You know, and they're doing mm-hmm. the work for us and just paying us to use it. Yeah, they tell him get fucked, but essentially, like, we won't fuck with you if you want to go after the Pikes, so long as you deliver the same as the Pikes to us, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. They'll let you fight it out amongst the you and the Pikes, pretty much. And it is pathetic. It is pretty well. If they wanted to make me, please me here, he would have had him and Fennec step away from the table for just a second and drop them all into the pit with 
fucking rancor. And then they're, uh, they're, whoever takes the rings after them would know he was serious and to take, treat him that way. Or just yeah. have the fucking Wookiee punch the table with his knuckle butlers yeah. or whatever, knuckle busters. <laughs> dusters, yes. Knuckle dusters, yes. whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, it's just, they make him, he sucks. <laughs> he just says, okay, the entire yeah. time. Boba Fett just likes to say, okay, I guess. That yep. makes sense. I get so it. So which one do you think is going to betray him? Which group? I think the Trandoshans <laughs> are going to betray him. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. They seem to have the most pull with the mayor because they control the capital district. So they're kind of around the most, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. They kind of set the trend. They they seem to just have a lot of Trandoshans like ready to go in this <laughs> makeup. So I kind of just think them. I think the Aqualishes are those like the ball sack chin guys. Yes. yes yeah, I are. think they're a little hard to to have around all the time. And they haven't had a single line of dialogue. Uh, <laughs> what do those things sound like when they talk? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't recall them talking. I'm, you know, I'm looking at my Maybe testicles, waiting for them to speak to see you right now. <laughs> Like, what do you guys sound like? There's like <laughs> squishing. Yeah. Uh, uh, I dipped my tea bag into the. That's what they sound like. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I assume it's probably going to be trying to Someone's going to betray him because he's supposed to be, and there's no room for weakness in the, the criminal underworld. And like, he keeps mentioning how the pikes are preparing for war. But other than the warning from the people who tried to kill him, which you can't really trust, mm-hmm. and. The mayor running away, which he probably was talking to the Pikes the whole time, regardless. Like, how? What? I I don't understand how he knows all this. Like, where all this is coming from? You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess because he's being attacked, he assumes the Pikes behind it. But I don't. That doesn't mean that they're preparing. Oh war. yeah, the assassin. <laughs> I forgot about the assassin. He's literally <laughs> one fucking guy who has three underlings, or just. Eight, maybe. Yeah, no. he's got the Vespa oh, guy. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like spiders. Seven or eight, whatever. A total. Yeah. So he asked Fennec Shand how much money they've got. And, or no, Shand asked Fett, like, hey, you got any money in the reserve? And he's like, yeah, I got a ton of credits. Why? And she's like, well, we need some muscle. And credits can buy us some muscle if you know where to look. And then we hear the Mandalorian music that mm-hmm. implying very not subtly that we will get to see the cool Mando pop up next week. Hopefully <laughs> the new Boba Fett, the new yeah. Boba Fett. So at this point, Travis, if we introduce the, what's the name of this other Mandalorian? His name's like Din Djarin. Uh, cool. Yeah. Sounds like a Mandalorian yeah. name. So, Right now, we know that Baby Yoda is no longer with him. Luke Skywalker has come and picked up the Baby Yoda. So he's kind of on his own, but he's got the Darksaber now. He does. I wasn't even thinking about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, I assume, going to have more Mandalorians with him, more muscle for Boba here, I guess. Which would be uh, pretty stacked to see on this show at this point i would like to see a bunch of young actors who know how to do fight choreography and cool outfits who don't take off their 
helmets because it's part of their actual code not to do the thing that doesn't look cool who actually know how to perform <laughs> stunts with fucking yeah. lightsabers popping up in my star wars shore I, i'm sorry I, I i don't know i don't sound like a hard man to please at this point i want no, yeah. the cool characters who i like known for doing cool things to do something cool rather than shrug their shoulders for 45 minutes every single week yeah yeah i don't think anyone tricked in this episode so i guess that's progress the sarlacc kind of did <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right he and died. the rat catcher droid did a couple times. He snuck under uh, the snake yeah. when he thought yeah, he snuck yeah. under the thing. So. Uh, we, we do know the rat catcher droid survived, too, because we see him running around uh, Jabba's palace. Or yeah, yeah palace. during the big crime meeting. Like, yeah. Out the crime, yeah. Yeah. They should have played the uh, Godfather music during that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have. They should have. Do you yeah. think Francis Ford Coppola would come back to direct an episode of... <laughs> Oh, the Booger Boba Fett. We know he's buddies with George, Georgie Borgie. No, yeah, I, I don't think so. No, I don't I, think, I think so either. A bridge too far. Uh, you know, uh, Francis Ford Coppola is using a hundred and fifty million dollars of his own money to make a movie right now. I did not. Yeah, it's called like Megaopolis or something like that. It's some weird science fiction art movie, and he has accrued a lot of wealth through his wine business, which we actually talked about oh. on an episode of. Hawk yeah. yeah. Actually, I do think we, <laughs> I do think we've mentioned uh, this uh, project. He's uh, funding himself. Uh, I think I've mentioned to for you him. for like 600 bucks. I can have a dinner over zoom with Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> and I wanted to do it yeah. so badly to talk to him about star Wars and Marvel and like secretly of record course. it for the yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Really get those likes. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say about chapter four of the book of Boba Fett, the gathering sea before we jump into our reviews, Travis? No, no, that's it. Uh. Tell us how you really feel. Let's read this. Well, we here at the Fett and the Furious review all of the episodes of the Book of Boba Fett from 1 to 10 midichlorians, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. We do accept half midichlorians. We don't do the best job remembering what we rated the following <laughs> week, so take all of our ratings with a grain of salt. Travis, with all of that being said, 1 to 10 midichlorians, accepting half midichlorians, what say you, your final rating and review for Chapter 4 of the book of Robert Fett, The Gathering Storm? This is going to be 6 out of 10. Wow, that's pretty good, dude. It is, and it comes down to... I like looking at droids and aliens. (laughs) They kind of carried this one for me. There were enough of them, and the story was better than last week. Not much, but it was better. And, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping it improves coming forward, and I will probably never watch the show again unless it does deliver in the coming weeks. And even then, I'll, I'll probably be skipping a good chunk of it. Uh, watch the good bits. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer that this doesn't really feel like it's adding up to much of anything that Mm -hmm. we didn't know it was adding up to in the beginning where we kind of expected there to be a showdown between Boba Fett and some 
sort of imposing family or whatever you want to call it on his crime syndicate. There's no real face to any, there's no main villain yet. Uh, The mayor is the closest thing, and I don't want that guy to die. It's awesome. Yeah, I don't want that guy to die at all. He's the best part of this show so far, other than Ratcatcher Droid and Max Rebo and his sweet, sweet jizz. Um, But I really got to say that I was enjoying the flashbacks up until this episode, and Mm -hmm. the flashbacks didn't differentiate themselves as anything different from anything that we didn't know or see, and they also (laughs) didn't develop into really what I thought would be rather clever and a really nice kind of, I don't want to say moral or theme necessarily, but the idea of kind of humanizing the Tuscans seemed kind of interesting and like bringing them into like their culture as as much a part of Tatooine as all the other species that live on Tatooine, much like the Fremen in Dune. You know, that's as much the Fremen's planet as it is the Conqueror's planets at this point. So the introduction of like have the people from the desert, you know, come into the society sounded like something really, really interesting that I was excited about. (laughs) That did not happen. Having a reason for us to fear the Pikes other than knowing their name would have been really nice. Again, they set the Pikes up as not even like villainous just kind of like they're here as they're drug dealers they're they're drug dealers yeah and they don't like boba fett but at this point i don't either but but they haven't like (laughs) showed us that they don't like boba fett they've been like kind of nice to boba fett yeah it's it's the clinton striders that don't like boba fett and yeah true true it led up to nothing the continuous use of aesthetics that are not very Star Warsy really takes mm-hmm. me out of it. And I felt like the whole, other than the Bantha bits, the whole like 15 minutes of this episode was really hard to kind of pay attention to for me. Um, I love Thundercat, but that entire sequence just really threw me for a loop and I, and I couldn't really focus on it or, or could really care about it. Um, mm-hmm. While I did appreciate the fight sequences with Fennec Shand, I want to see Boba get some fight sequences and we really haven't gotten any. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm right down the middle on this thing. I give it like four and a half out of 10 midichlorians. Um, again, not really leading up to much. The action bits were better in this episode, especially the hand to hand stuff, but we didn't get to see anything from the character. I really want to see it from. I, I really like Fennec and I kind of wish this was her show at this point. Um, and and Boba was just a background character. Oh, you know? I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of wish would have had lower expectations if it was absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it would have been a kind of cool perspective to show the the story from from Fennec's kind of perspective. Yeah, well, I've been craving a show that wasn't about characters we already knew. Like, I don't need everything to be revolving around original trilogy characters. But if you're going to do them, please. Do them well, and yeah. Are you worried about Obi Wan? I think I will enjoy that show. Uh, I'm not as worried because I already had like a pretty good feel. Like even in the prequels, Obi Wan is one of the characters that fared best, honestly. Uh, and I mean that's yeah. helped by it 
being portrayed. Yeah, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's an amazing actor. Yeah. So, you know, and not to say like the people on the show aren't, but like Ewan McGregor's like he's a fucking movie star. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a name that could like headline an actual film, you know. Um you think we'll get Maul in that? I don't know. I don't know what we'll get. We I know we're know. getting Hayden Christensen. We know we're getting Darth Oh Vader. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I imagine there will be the main a uh, rematch there. Time will tell. Time will tell. Um mm. so that kind of wraps up the Fet and the Furious part of this, since we are an MCU show, Travis. Let's talk a little bit about some Marvel news this week. Some actually pretty fucking sweet news. It was kind of a big week. Travis, we got a giant trailer drop earlier on the week. We teased it last week because we got the trailer for the trailer but during the monday night football game this week they debuted the trailer for disney plus's next series that we will be covering here at the mcu beyond infinity podcast moon knight (laughs) this shit looks fucking cool in my opinion travis i agree it reminds me of legion did you watch any of that show it was pretty much the best thing Fox did with the X uh, franchise. I did. I watched. I watched all of that show. Legion is a character I don't like it from the comics. I oh, yeah, yeah. love that show. It was just so weird, and this isn't like as weird as that, but it it just kind of reminds me of it, where you have a character who's mentally ill and things are strange. I like that they showed us a good look at the outfit and a, a quick peek at. Is God who looks exactly like I want him to look. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I am um, the way his suit goes on him. Uh, I I hope that there's a supernatural element, legitimately too, because I just like the idea of a moon god being the god of a, a lunatic with all those yeah. complications and stuff like that. And it it is pretty cool. Um, I was on the Androids Amazing podcast earlier on this week mm-hmm. to talk about the Eternals, and those guys were joking how it's Sailor Moon, basically. <laughs> uh, I, I, I said I dig it. I like that they went with a bright white costume. It looks like mummy rats. Uh, I do wonder if his costume actually exists or if it's all just in his fucking head. Um, yeah, yeah. I was really confused because they kept calling him Steven for the majority (laughs) of the trailer and Oscar Isaac starring in the show, fucking amazing actor who does anything from like indie character studies to giant blockbusters, like fucking star Wars. He is the man. He's in Coen brothers movies. He's in bullshitter movies. He's in fucking star Wars. Love Oscar Isaac. He's in Dune. He's our Lord and savior. Dune daddy himself. Lido Atreides, rest in peace, rest in power, rest in pomegranate. I love that guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But they kept calling him Steven for the entire trailer. And then, the trailer kind of ends with the, what the hell are you doing, Mark? And the, why are you calling me Mark? And it really sets in that this is about a man with dissociative identity disorder who's drawn into this kind of like mystery involving Egyptian gods and 
all sorts of different identities and wonky stuff. And I know it's a lot to explain, and that's why I didn't have an issue with how origin heavy this show looks like it's going to be. It does because he's Batman who has three Bruce Wayne identities, pretty much. Yeah, on top of the multiple Moon Knight slash Mister Knight yes. identities. Yeah, it, it's wild yeah because like steven grant is one of his personalities from the comics yeah, i think he's grant. a taxi driver in the comics i uh, know that's a uh, jake lockley okay so so steven grant is the uh is the gift shop guy the wealthy one. Oh, it's the rich guy i thought it was the guy who like, i think it is yeah one of them like works in a store <laughs> it's pretty cool <laughs> i thought mark specter was the wealthy one but it's still pretty cool i'm not sure i could be mixing those up yeah. Uh, and we know we're getting two antagonists, Ethan Hawke being the main one. We were guessing who is he going to play? Turns out he's playing this guy called Arthur Harrow, who is kind of like a one-off villain from like one or two yeah, issues. Mm-hmm. The um, the official synopsis has him described as a cult leader who encourages Spectre to embrace his inner darkness. And Ethan Hawke in a recent interview said that Harrow's been inspired by cult leader David Korish, the guy who headed the Waco massacre and the Waco siege. Um, I can see that. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm I'm kind of into that. Uh, Ethan Hawke, another guy, kind of like Oscar Isaac before he was Oscar Isaac, where there's an amazing character actor you could headline a giant Hollywood movie, but also be in like a million little indie movies. Um, yes, yes. Uh, also, Gaspard ULA, he's like this model and this French actor is going to be playing the Midnight Man. And this gentleman passed away this week in like a skiing accident, which is a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wear your helmet skiing. It's uh, serious. Uh, yeah. It's unfortunate. He's a young guy. Uh, I don't know that his character had been confirmed uh, already, but yeah. Yes. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Uh, I, I hate that for the actor and everything in their family. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, it's cool who they have behind the camera for this show too. Um, Muhammad Diab, who is directing four of the episodes is a Egyptian filmmaker who made the movie Cairo six seventy eight which was released like a month before the Egyptian revolution uh, a couple years ago. It's a pretty powerful little movie. So he's directing four of the six episodes and Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, two filmmakers I really like are directing the other two. They have made some really fucking wacky movies. They did one of the shorts for VHS. um, I believe the first or the second one, but um, they also did Spring, which I adore. I know you're a huge fan of the Endless, right? I like the Endless and Resolution. Uh, yeah, no, neither related films. Uh, I dig it. Yeah, uh, Synchronic is on Netflix too. It's like another movie that actually features Anthony Mackie in the lead role, and it's like Anthony Mackie's like a cop who is like busting what he thinks is like an ecstasy ring but it turns out the drug he's busting makes people travel through time and like become really mm-hmm. addicted to it and he goes to like chase after this girl who's like been trapped in time and she's stuck during like the civil war and then he goes back there and realizes he's black and is like fuck you know what i mean <laughs> like this not is a not, great time. Yeah, not yeah. a good time um again they got really weird filmmakers to make this and they also got an egyptian filmmaker to make this so which is good because the characters tell you to yeah. Yeah. 
I assume he's not going to be a mercenary at all in this. Uh, he's described as a mercenary in the official oh, synopsis. Yeah, I'm, I have the oh, official okay. page. Oh, I didn't know. Up. Like, he seemed like a kind of a normal guy, uh, other than his <laughs> mental health issues. Yeah. yeah. It reads here. A mercenary with dissociative identity disorder who becomes the conduit for the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. Each of Spectre's identities from his DID are distinct characters, including Stephen Grant, a mild-mannered gift shop employee suffering from blackouts and memories of another life. Executive producer Kevin Feige describes Spectre as an action hero who jumps out of buildings and gets into fights. What? That's like the weirdest thing. Like, yeah, sounds like it. Moon Knight does do both of those things. It's a technically accurate description. I don't know what more you want. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really strange. That was from an interview from Emmy Magazine with a really funny picture of Paul Bettany and uh, what's her name? The Olsen girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Elizabeth. Yeah. I, I think Khonshu looks fucking great. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Uh, Not a ton of action in the trailer either, but the the one sequence that we see of Moon Knight pounding on the guy is pretty mm-hmm. fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. I if this was any other character, I would probably complain about how little we see him in costume. But uh, we're just getting the costume. It's a silly costume. We got to get through this origin first. And uh, I think it'll be six episodes, uh, around mm-hmm. 40, 45 minutes each. Uh, Bad. No, no it's not bad at all. Credits. Uh, and also the um the showrunner Jeremy Slater, he unfortunately he did the movie Death Note with the, what's his name? He was the producer on that. But uh oh, yeah, yeah. he also was the showrunner for the Umbrella Mac- uh, Umbrella Academy, which is a fun little show that people should yeah, watch. I yeah, I dig it too. Fun little uh, comic book series by Gerard Way, the guy who was in a band I'd never heard of, and then I knew about him from comics, and people think I'm crazy. You've never heard of My Chemical Romance? I've never heard a song. Amazing. I've never heard a song oh, by My yes, Chemical Romance. Oh, yes, you have, sir. I, have there's I? no way. Yes, you definitely have, Andre. You know, they got played a ton even down here in Arkansas, where there's, yeah, not, there's, you heard them. Yeah, well, I didn't know who he was. I thought he was just a comic book guy, <laughs> and then I found out he was like really famous. And yeah, like, yeah, he's he's very very famous. Uh, he's related to Joe Rogan. It's like his cousin. But... Oh wow! Yeah. Do you think he smoked DMT? <laughs> Holy shit! Well, I think that's about it for this week's episode of the Fet and the Furious. We will be discussing the fifth chapter because these are not episodes travis these are chapters next week here at the mcu beyond infinity podcast please remember to rate review subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on spotify has a brand new rating system so if you would be so kind as to rate us five stars that would be amazing also apple podcast please remember to rate us five stars and leave a very nice review so i can print it out and put it on my mother's fridge next to the magnet with my face that she had made it's the only thing on my mother's fridge it's a magnet with my face and the very nice reviews that you find folks have left on apple podcast you can email us at mcu beyond infinity podcast at gmail.com you can keep the discussion rolling over at the 
MCU Beyond Infinity podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place that Kira, Travis, and I have started and cultivated a really great place with fine folks to talk about anything Marvel, comic books, Star Wars, DC, you fucking name it. We're probably talking about it over there. Please remember to check out our friends over at the Androids Amazing Podcast brought to you by Androids Amazing Comics in Sable, New York. Hunter and James, thank you. I'm very excited to have you guys on soon. They're coming up with their third anniversary soon, which should be great. And uh, we're doing a audio drama for their third anniversary. I don't know if I should say this on air, but it will be an audio drama of X-Men number one. And ah, ah. not only will I be producing this audio drama, I have been cast as Magneto, which I am very, very excited for and could not believe that that's who they asked me to do because Bob <laughs> Reiner, a talking pod, uh, talking comics, a fucking great show. I love Bob to death. He's an old timer on Long Island. You saw in a comic book shop in a video store. He doesn't really like the image revolution that I love to death. And every time I'm ever on a show with them, we end up screaming at each other and Bobby will be playing professor X. So I'm very excited to be Magneto on this fucking show with Bob Reiner as professor X. I love Bob to death, but it's going to be a blast. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that. Our one year is coming up in a couple of weeks, Travis. I can't even fucking believe it. It is indeed. It it's indeed. crazy. Crazy world. Crazy world we're living in. Crazy times we're living in. Until next week, I am John. I'm Travis. And to shoot yourself. 